Welcome to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening that you are having a good start to your Wednesday. It looks like that if uh, you're here in the Memphis area and perhaps other places around the U.S. as well, there's more inclement weather on its way. So just uh, I hope bat down the hatches. Hope that uh, there's no uh, really negative outcomes that have happened because of all this weather wherever you are. Hope that you and your family are safe and that you're you know staying warm and staying as cozy as possible. The good thing is, is that you're if, a, if you are a Memphis Grizzlies fan, there's no better time to have the Grizzlies playing four games in five nights than when we're all kind of stuck at home waiting for this weather to pass. Um, and hopefully it will soon to where uh, by the weekend, you know, we all should be back to as, as close to as the new normal that we're all in as possible. Uh, for the show, uh, you can find it at Locked on Grizz on Twitter, or you can find myself at StatsSAC. You can find the podcast wherever podcasts are available, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, the podcast app on your phone, wherever you usually listen, that's where we are. And we ask that you listen, subscribe, let us know what you think of the show. For those who may be new to listening to the show, my name is Sean Coleman. I have been covering the Grizzlies now for nearly three years. I started blogging over at Grizzly Bear Blues, where I started still right. Love every minute of that with the great folks that are over there. And I've been podcasting now for a little over two years. Started over at the 3ND podcast. Came over um, about a year ago to uh, the uh, Locked on Grizzlies podcast. And ever since August, have just enjoyed every single moment doing this podcast because it combines a lot of my passions. The ability to cover sports, the Grizzlies, the NBA sports in general, but more than anything else, allows for me to interact with others who are passionate about the Grizzlies and the NBA as well. But let's get right to it. So this is another nitty-gritty grind session uh, looking at the game tonight against the Oklahoma City Thunder but before that we'll just go ahead and acknowledge uh, the writing on the wall from last night last night completely sucked that that's just what it comes down to it sucked for a variety of reasons number one unfortunately right now the Grizzlies just cannot figure out uh, the um, New Orleans Pelicans now there are several things that go into that number one the Grizzlies just do not have the fortune uh, uh, over the past you know a few years or so over the past 18 to 24 months to where they can be fully healthy when they play the New Orleans Pelicans. That's not an excuse, but it does make a bit of a, of a difference when the Pelicans just, you know, to be straightforward, not necessarily the more talented team of these rosters based off where they are on the competitive timeline. The other thing is that because of that talent, uh, the Grizzlies just don't have a lot of room for error. And last night, that's what occurred. The defense just absolutely did not show up. The Grizzlies allowed the second highest points total that they have allowed in the history of the franchise to the Pelicans, allowed for the Pelicans to make 56 field goals, and nine, including 19 threes on 61% shooting. We had no answer for Brandon Ingram, who was complimenting Zion Williamson. Just every single player that got in a groove against the Pelicans, the Grizzlies just did not have the opportunity to stop. And there's really no reason to go into the breakdown. And the reason why that is, is because the Grizzlies' defense is not this bad. It does have these, you know, you're going to have these type of struggles from time to time. You know, it's not ideal going and coming against, you know, who the team that's perceived to be the Grizzlies' top rival now, going against the Southwest Division team, you know, a, a team that still has aspirations to get where the Grizzlies are in the Western Conference playoff pursuit. Suit. But the thing about it is, is that we all know that the Grizzlies are not going to play this bad on defense all the time. You know, this that's probably the worst that they've played all year. However, it does indicate, it does highlight a big, big thing about this Grizzlies team now that we're over a third, third of the way through the season. Without Jaron Jackson Jr. 
and Justice Winslow. The Grizzlies are going to more often than not probably be facing teams that are on their talent level or are more talented. And if the Grizzlies are not going to defend the three well and they're not going to take care of the basketball, their chances to win are probably slim to none. That's just the honest truth. Unless, you know, John Moran or someone else, or unless they're just having a really, really big offensive game like the other night when they shot, you know, a record number of threes against the Charlotte Hornets. If this Grizzlies team is not defending the three-wheel and they're not taking care of the basketball, it really hurts their chances to win. You saw the difference between them not taking... You saw the difference in the Lakers and Kings West Coast swing. In both games, the Grizzlies did defend the three-wheel. But in the game against the Lakers, the Grizzlies turned the ball over too much and the more talented team in the Lakers took over the game, outscoring us by like 30 points over the last three quarters of that game. Against the Kings... A similarly talented team, the Grizzlies both defended the three well, and they took care of the basketball, and that allowed for them to be able to get off, get out to a big lead that made it a pretty comfortable win. So that's the whole key about it, is that if this Grizzlies team defends the three well, and they take care of the basketball, they do put themselves in a good position to win. But if they don't do those things, it's going to be hard for them to overcome you know, th- those mistakes. Because right now, again, there are just limitations on this roster without being fully stocked with their talent. I mean, when you look at this Grizzlies team, you know, it, it's just, it, it's true. You've got Desmond Bain, DeAnthony Melton, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Justice Winslow. I'm not trying to make excuses. And I know that we've been dealing with this all year. I know that, it, you know, we've, Long accepted this is what it is, but it just goes to show that the Grizzlies still can have success if they just take care of what they can control, and that's defending the three and taking care of the basketball. But one encouraging factor that did come from last night's game is that the reason why it's so critical for the Grizzlies to take care of the basketball and defend the three is because if they do that, their offense is continuing to show signs of gaining consistency, gaining a respectable high floor that will allow for them to remain competitive in most games if they're doing the other things they need to do, and allowing for them to really complement each other. And it's not just John Morant, who did definitely have his best game, you know, his best game since he came back from his injury, um, you know, his ankle injury back on January 16th. 28 points last night, 8 assists, 7 rebounds, really good shooting night in the lane, got to the line a few times as well. So a really encouraging night from John Morant. But now with Jaw and Jaron in the lineup, or Jaw and Jonas in the lineup, even though Jonas didn't play well last night, other players are starting to see their numbers improve as well. And now, obviously, you know, we've talked about that with how good this starting lineup has been. But when you really break down the numbers with Kyle and uh, Dylan and Grayson with John and Jonas, you start to see the impact that that combination of John and Jonas have on these players. For instance, Grayson Allen has basically turned into Desmond Bain when it comes to playing in the starting lineup with John Jonas. I think Desmond Bain, yes, is a better shooter, but Grayson Allen with, uh, you know, overall over his past six games, is making 3.33s a night on 48% shooting and a true shooting percentage and effective field goal percentage in the mid-60s, right around where Desmond Bain has been all year. But it's not just Grayson Allen. It's it's Kyle Anderson, who we all know have really has really, really improved this year. I mean, Drew Hill talked about you know Kyle being the clearly the most improved player on this team so far this year. But in the six games that Kyle has played with Jonas and, and, and um, Jaw since Jonas came back from COVID protocols, 
Kyle Anderson's averaging 17.5 points. He's shooting 54.3% from the field and is hitting 2.53s on 5.5 attempts and is making 45.5% of them. Kyle Anderson has turned into a true shooting asset, a true catch-and-shoot shooting asset for this Grizzlies team and has certainly become a very, very integral complementary piece for this team as they try to keep their playoffs hope alive to the point that he clearly needs to continue to have a big role even when Justice Jaron DeAnthony Melton and and Desmond Bain all come back. That's how important his play has been. But it's also not just Kyle, who is starting to show a, a consistently significant level of improvement over what he was previously. With Dylan Brooks, yes, you still get the hot and cold. You still get the good and the bad, the good Dylan, bad Dylan. But with Jaw and Jonas back in the lineup, you now start to see Dylan things be a little bit easier. He's not having to carry as much of a load like he was with those two out. In the six games since Jonas returned for Dylan Brooks, he has 17.2 points per game, is shooting 43% from the field overall, and on 6.3 three-point attempts per game is making 2.5 of them per night and shooting 40% from three. So that just goes to show we've talked about how Taylor Jenkins in, in the ideal setup for his offense, he wants to surround Jaw and Jonas. And Jonas, you know, compliments Jaw so well because of the, of the space he can create. He wants to surround them with shooters. Well, we've got plenty of proof right now that they have, with them over the past six games, with Jaw and Jonas playing off each other, the Grizzlies have three shooters who are all shooting, shooting nearly 40% or better from three. And that's exactly why this team continues to get off to hot starts to start the game and why this starting lineup overall has been highly effective. Well, tonight, as the Grizzlies come off the Pelicans game and they space the Oklahoma City Thunder, that is going to be even more intriguing. That's going to be even more important for this Grizzlies team to keep going because they are going to be facing an Oklahoma City Thunder team that is going to be a bit just, you know, straightforward, a bit easier to navigate when it comes to finding success so far this season when it comes to defense for this Oklahoma City Thunders team. They are 29th in the league and how many field goals they uh, allow per game. They're 27th in, in, in three-point shots allowed per game, though they are fourth in defending the three, but they're 20th in defending the two. The, the, the Oklahoma City Thunder right now ranked 20th in the league when it comes to allowing points in the paint. The reason why that's so intriguing is obviously it's a really big opportunity on a night where the following a night where the Grizzlies you know, the rare occurrence where the Grizzlies were actually beat in the paint by another opponent. Tonight is a really good matchup for the Grizzlies to get back on track, finding their success in the lane. Also, this Thunder team is 30th when it comes to total rebounds per game. And they are 22nd in the league when it comes to steals and 24th in the league when it comes to causing turnovers. So across the board, this Oklahoma City Thunder team, especially without Shea Gilgis-Alexander, if he does not play, this is a perfect opportunity for the Grizzlies to get back on track. They should be able to find their way, because they will have the size advantage, to establish their strength inside. Jaw having another big game in the paint, Jonas getting back on track, others as well. But if they can really establish their success in the paint, they now have Kyle, Dylan, and Grayson all rotating around the perimeter to really find good shots to be able to hit them. So if this Grizzlies team just simply plays within its talent, within the ability that it has shown it has over the past two weeks, if it just simply plays to that level on offense, it should have a very, very, you know, 
there's a very good chance that it'll be put, have enough offense to win tonight's game. So some really encouraging stuff from the offense overall, despite you know the, the horrible loss last night to the Pelicans. But as I mentioned, you know, as last night shown is as we have seen in the fact that the Grizzlies have now lost six out of their last eight games. This team right now, despite how well the offense is improving, it's only going to go as far as it defense will, its defense will allow for it to. Coming up, I'm going to look at the defense and see how they might be able to find success against an Oklahoma City Thunder team to really complement the offense for, to get a much-needed win for the Grizzlies in a game that they should win easily. Welcome back to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. So as I mentioned, you know, the Grizzlies again, you know, over their past eight games, the, the Grizzlies have had a stretch against the Lakers and the Kings where they allowed, where they have allowed, um, you know, 14 threes on 63 three attempts. And that that's great. You know, they're, they're allowing, they, they, in those two games, the Grizzlies look their best that they have over the past eight games because they were defending the three will. However, otherwise, in the other six games that the Grizzlies, you know, have have either won or lost, this Grizzlies team is allowing teams to average about 17 to 18 threes per game while shooting just under 50% from three. The Grizzlies just are not going to have a lot of success winning if they're allowing teams to do that. The thing about it is, is that tonight, this Thunder team is a team that's going to shoot a lot of threes. So, you know, the Grizzlies, you know, Tater Jenkins talked about it when it comes to the defense of this Grizzlies team. Yes, he acknowledges that there are struggles right now from the Grizzlies defending the three, but he also just chalks it up to the fact that teams are hitting shots at a pretty good clip. You know, he doesn't think that this will be maintained going forward, and he kind of agree with him. It's hard to go through a stretch where you're allowing this many threes per game, but adjustments have to be made. Well, tonight... But Taylor Jenkins was commenting on that at the very least, though a lot of threes are being made, he still feels strongly that the defense is consistently is consistently forcing their opponents to take the shots the Grizzlies are comfortable with. Well, that tonight should be the key for the Grizzlies because overall this season, Oklahoma City is 7th in the league in terms of 3-point attempts. They're 17th in 3-point makes, but they're 28th in shooting the 3-ball. They're 28th in shooting the 3 so if the Grizzlies are able to force this Oklahoma City team, who also is 15th in the league when it comes to two-point field goal percentage, if they can allow for themselves to be able to force this Oklahoma City team to take shots outside the three-point line, that really is going to be a big benefit for this Oklahoma City team. It's going to allow for them, or for the Grizzlies, it's going to allow for the Grizzlies to make it to where there's going to be a lot of threes taken, which means there's going to be a lot of rebounds, which is going to be easier for them to get out in transition, which, of course, they should also have a distinct advantage over Oklahoma City in that realm of the game. A big benefit would be if SGA Shea Gilgis-Alexander is once again unavailable. George Hill will be unavailable tonight as well. But when it comes to this Thunder team, even if SGA is available or not, the Grizzlies should have a decisive advantage when it comes to their ability to defend this team. Because the Thunder this year, they are also 19th in the league in terms of how many turnovers they commit per game. And though they don't, they don't commit that many fouls, this team just is not right now one, they, they are one of the lower talented teams in the league. So though some players like Lou Dort and others are playing very well, you know, probably exceeding expectations to what people thought they would be so far in their career. If the Grizzlies just simply make the Thunder beat them by shooting the ball from three, that really should play into the Grizzlies' hands. Because if the Grizzlies can make them shoot the three but contest those looks, then the Thunder are going to miss some shots 
the Grizzlies are going to be able to get some needed rebounds, and they should be able to get out quickly and pick up the pace on this Thunder team. And that's the big thing about the Grizzlies is that when you have a game like the Grizzlies did last night, the best way to overcome that not only is by having, you know, three more games over a four-night stretch, but it's also doing the best that you can as quickly as possible to get back to winning based off the things you do well. And as we know, that's producing in the paint. That last night, unfortunately, the Grizzlies, um, you know, that they, they also lost a turnover battle. Though they forced plenty of turnovers, they didn't take care of the basketball. But if the Grizzlies can produce in the paint on offense and pass the ball on offense, but on defense can be really opportunistic, getting steals, getting long rebounds, preventing the Thunder from getting offensive rebounds. If the Grizzlies can win that way, that would be a big boost to their confidence as they go into the weekend against the Pistons and the Suns. So this Thunder team should not be taken lightly. This should not be considered... Now, this is kind of a trap game. Even though the Grizzlies lost last night and they're clearly going to be motivated to take on this Thunder team, this could be a trap game because you don't want to take the Thunder lightly. They have been very competitive against more talented teams than the Grizzlies recently due to playing really well as a team. But Memphis does have the advantage in that it has the overall cohesiveness and chemistry. And with Jaw and Jonas in the lineup on offense, the chemistry is doing really well. But on defense, if this Grizzlies team can just contest the three, that really should play into their benefit. Because at that point, you're talking about the Thunder's ability to consistently produce in the lane and produce on two-point shots versus the Grizzlies. And just right now with the overall talent on both rosters, I think you favor the Grizzlies in that specific aspect of the game any day of the week. So when it comes to this game from the Grizzlies' perspective when they're on defense versus the Thunder on offense, the main thing that this Grizzlies team needs to do is contest the shots. Because if they can contest shots and they can and they force Oklahoma City to try to create points, to try to come up with schemes and schematics with the talent that they have to try to make up for their shots not being there or for their sh- or for open looks not being there, that falls to the Grizzlies' advantage. And I do think that they will be able to have another game in which they can have you know five, eight, ten or more possessions or shot attempts than the Thunder. And in this game, where I feel the Grizzlies are the more talented team versus last night's game, where I don't think they were, that should certainly favor the Grizzlies. Obviously, this is a big game for the Grizzlies. It's one of those games, in my opinion, it's one of their more winnable games that they've had this season and will have, you know, going forward through the end of this first half of the regular season. If we were to get Desmond Bain or DeAnthony Melton, though I don't expect either will be back for tonight, that'd be a great sight to see. Obviously, it also would be a bit of a benefit if Gilgis Alexander was not able to play. But even if he is, I do think that the Grizzlies are the more talented team. I do think they'll be motivated to get back to the things that will allow for them to be able to win, and I really hope that they're able to do it by defending the three, taking care of the basketball, and again, John Morant really stepping up and and having two really big games back-to-back. That's the thing about this Grizzlies team is that, again, you're going to see ups and downs, but if they can now take two out, if they can beat the Thunder and the Pistons, this uh, the game versus the Pelicans will be far in the rearview mirror, and this Grizzlies team can go forward as they close out the first half of their season, or uh, the first half of this season. Again, you can find the show at Locked On Grizz, myself at Stats SAC, the podcast wherever podcasts are available, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think. We always want to make sure we're providing content that is relevant to our listeners' preferences. Once again, enjoy the Grizzlies game tonight. Hope you stay well, stay warm, and stay as safe as possible.
cycle through all this weather. Hopefully, this snow is pretty as it is to see. It will be gone soon, and we can all be get we can all get back out to enjoying the outside as we all love to do uh, wherever you are. Hope you have a great day, and we'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked On Grizzlies podcast.